So today we're going to be talking to Alexia Walker. She's an art curator and consultant. And then a little bit later, we're going to be talking to the Zimbabwean artist, Richard Mudariki. And we'll talk about the Zimbabwean pavilion, which did take place, as did the South African pavilion and many other African pavilions as well. So we're going to uh, look at those and get a sense of them as well. Alexia Walker is uh, an independent advisor, art advisor. She heads up Walker Art and she's worked uh, in various different spaces in the arts. She holds a master's in contemporary art history from the Université de la Sorbonne in Paris and she is on the line with us right now. Alexia, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Michelle, and good morning to your listeners. Thanks for having me. Alexia, let's uh, start off by understanding the Venice Biennale. What is it? How often does it happen? And how does it work? Okay. The, the Biennale takes place every second year. Um, I must just say that because of you know COVID, the current Biennale, actually, we had to wait three years to, uh, for it to uh, happen. But normally, it's every, every two years. It started, the first Biennale was in 1895. So as you said earlier, we are now on the 59th Biennale. It is sometimes referred to as the Olympic Games, um, or, or the, you know, the Olympics of the, of the art world. But really what it is, is um, two big aspects of it. One is what we call the main curated show, and the Venice Biennale organization appoints a curator, uh, who this year um, is Cecilia Alemani. Um, and this main show is over two venues called the Giardini and the Arsenale. And then national pavilions do stage exhibition to really represent their country and show the best, you know, that, that that's happening in, in, the, in the art in their, in their country. So you'll have all of the main, in the Giardini, which was the first uh, venue, really, you have all of the, you know, Western superpowers, if I can put it that way. Um, you'll have the, you know, the French, the English, the Americans, the Italians, all of these pavilions are going to be there. And then in the Arsenale, or maybe newer pavilions, such as the South African pavilion, such as the New Zealand pavilion, you know, many other countries, Mexico, are represented at the Arsenale, which I think, you know, came later. Uh, and then there's also off-site pavilions, you know, countries who, you know, went to, I would say that these two venues, the Giardini and the Arsenale, are really full now. So countries such as Zimbabwe, which you're going to focus on later on, um, have off-site pavilions. And then there's the third element, because the whole, you know, the whole art world, the whole, uh, and also art lovers, because it's quite, it, it lasts for quite a long time. It opens in, um, what was it? Okay. Um, and then runs till October. So it's okay, on Alexia, for quite just, a number just, of months. For one, for one minute, just go back. You just cracked up for a moment there. You said the third, the third element is what? Oh, yes. So the third element, because all of the art world and the art lovers are coming to the Biennale, there's also a lot of off-site shows, major exhibitions that are organized by various institutions throughout Venice. So Venice really just becomes this incredible art capital for, um, you know, for the duration of the Biennale. Alexia, I'm interested in what you said about that it is sometimes described as the Olympics. And and I mentioned that earlier on in the show. I'm not convinced that that is the best way to describe it. And I 
uh, I suspect that you may probably feel quite similarly because if one thinks of it as an Olympics, it, it implies a level of competition, which yes. is not necessarily what one experiences when one goes there. One doesn't feel that, for example, the um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of the time I was there many, many years ago, was that the Russian pavilion would be competing with uh, the Angolan pavilion. You don't get that sense. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. and You're really correct there. So I think really what the, what the Biennale is, it's more a platform for countries and also for you know, the organization of the Biennale itself with the main curated show to really show, you know, demonstrate where contemporary art is at that particular time and to capture, and I think that this is something that the current Biennale is capturing very well, and is to capture the trends and the shifts that are happening in the world at that particular moment. Um, so, so that's for me, really, you know, is what, what the Biennale is about. And maybe, maybe if I can jump in here, what yeah. I mean by that. So, for example, the main curated show by Cecilia Alemani was absolutely groundbreaking for me this, this year. Um, as there's not an exact calculation, but about 80 to 90 percent of the artists presented were women. Um, and which was absolutely phenomenal to see. And also there was a lot of artists of indigenous communities. And I think that this is really capturing you know, the shift that's happening at the moment in the world where uh, you know, previously underrepresented groups are now given really a platform to shine. And and that was, that, that was I mean, for me, I was getting goosebumps really, you know, walking through the show and just going from one, you know, label to the next and just seeing all these women artists, some that I knew, some that I didn't. Um, also, uh, there was uh, an element which was new this year because usually the Bernari is quite contemporary, uh, meaning artists who are working today and who are alive today. Uh, well, obviously. And, um, yeah. But so Cecilia Alemani's show also had a few, um, you know, more historical presentation, which was quite interesting, uh, in particular, the, there was a, a room which was dedicated to surrealist women artists. And these are artists who, you know, I, I've seen their work online or in books, but it was the first time that I got a chance to see them in person. And of course, seeing, you know, art in person is, um, yeah. I mean, definitely beats anything two-dimensional. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so there was presentation of artists like the British-Mexican Leonora Carrington, a very famous surrealist artist, Eleonore Fini, who was of Argentine and Italian origin. And these were all presented in this show. And I think that what, you know, what, what Cecilia Alemani, the curator, was doing really was not only showing what is happening in art today with women artists, but also all of these artists of the past who have been, you know, who had not been acknowledged really yet, um, and but who obviously this is why you know the artists today can present what they do because there's obviously a continuity, you know, between historic and today. So that was really really exciting, um, and that is what you know what that is what was shown in the main show. But then if we move to the national pavilions, there was the same narrative was really taking place, uh, and I'll take I'll take for example. 
for me, my three top pavilions, and I was, I'm going to say that I was actually quite disappointed that my three top pavilions were, you know, from what I call Western superpowers. I really would have wished that it had, had been otherwise, but I think they did an incredible work. Um, the American Pavilion presented an African-American woman artist called Simon Lee, who, whose presentation was absolutely phenomenal, mainly sculpture-based work, and definitely stole the show at the Biennale. Uh, she was also, some of her work was also presented in, uh, in the main curated show. Um, the UK uh, presented Sonia Boyce, a British African African British uh, artist who actually got the, the Golden Lion, so the you know the main the main award of, uh, of the Venice Biennale, and then the French Pavilion presented for the first time a um, woman artist of uh, French Algerian origin, Zineb Zedira, also absolutely mm. phenomenal work. So these three you know these three I would say you know leading countries in in a certain way are uh, all presented for the first time women artists and women of color. And I think that that was really say, you know, saying a lot about what's happening in the world today. Uh, you know, Alexia, you, you talk about um, the, 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 the pavilions that, that really struck you. And one of the mm. things that, that, that could be an argument is that, well, you know, countries like the America, America or France or whatever do have access to major funding. And, and I know from my own work, um, with the Venice Biennale, the costs are massive. But the reason I'm raising this is that you mentioned the Golden Line, which is the award for the best pavilion. The year that I was there, Angola won the award, and they certainly were not, you know, were not probably sitting with uh, necessarily the same kinds of costs, etc., yeah. because it was an extremely simple but incredibly beautiful exhibition and really, really smart. And I think mm. it, it, it does talk to how one can play in the sort of global world of the arts. Do you see that in the work that you were looking at? Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, as I said, these, these, for me, these were my top three because they really touched me and this woman's work really touched me. But mm. uh, my, my fourth, uh, <laughs> if I have it, you know, in order, my fourth pavilion was definitely a country that didn't get that much funding because it was Poland. Yeah. And they did something really groundbreaking, too. They presented, for the first time ever, a Roma artist. Um, her name, I probably won't pronounce it correctly, but her name is Malgozata Nirgatas. And it was a phenomenal work. So it was very, the style was very similar to something that we know here in South Africa and on the continent in general. It was uh, sort of tapestries, you know, almost like big murals. It was like uh, ceiling to, to floor big murals that were telling the story of the Roma people yeah. through those tapestries that were, you know, made of, 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 of you know, not expensive um, uh, fabric at all. Uh, so a very almost like quite craft kind of approach, you know, to, mm. to material, but obviously, you know, rendered in, a, in, a, in an artistic uh, 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 rendition, and and that you know, and that, and that was that that was a country you know that, that definitely didn't get the same you know the same kind of uh, of uh, funding as France, the US, of course, and the, and the yeah. UK. But absolutely, you know, I mean, it was like everybody was talking about this pavilion because it it's was just, absolutely phenomenal. Just explain for our listeners the Roma people in uh, Europe, because some people may not know 
what that uh, who they are and, and and why they are important to this conversation so so the Roma people look um, I, I, I wouldn't I might not be putting it you know in the best way because uh, but um, but the Roma people were uh, our people that do not have a century people uh, if I can put it that way they um, they are always on the move and they have and they come from Eastern Europe and they have you know traditionally they have been um, uh, uh, you know they haven't been considered really well and uh, and, and 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 so so but but I, I, maybe maybe you can actually explain a bit better who the Roma people are but I remember growing up you know in France and always hearing speaking about the Roma people in a very derogative manner. Yeah. And uh, in, I mean, the, they, they've been described as, and, and I'm putting this in inverted commas, as gypsies. So in many ways, they are exactly. migrants. They yes. move across uh, across yes. countries. And uh, for for those of our listeners who may not know this, but even during the Second World War, Roma people, because of their dark skins and the fact that they were very they were othered in so many different ways, were in fact uh, taken to um, Auschwitz and many other of the concentration camps where they died as well. Not because they were uh, Jewish. They weren't Jewish in many cases, in most cases, but because they were considered to be other to what uh, was going on at the time. So, Alexia, in... And there was... Sorry, if I can just... Because I think just, just as we're speaking about the Roma, there was another pavilion that was also really interesting in the sense that they also gave um, the voice, you know, the platform to indigenous people of their country. So there's a pavilion, which is the Nordic pavilion, which... Um, <clears throat> which uh, uh, sorry, it's uh, Norway, Sweden, and Finland. So that's the Nordic pavilion. So now this year, the Nordic pavilion was retitled or renamed the Sami Pavilion, and the Sami people are an indigenous community in in you know in in, in what we would call Scandinavia, uh, and of the, the land called Sapmi, which we also know as Lapland. So they are you know they are um, a herding community. They you know they look after um, uh, reindeers, and they so so the pavilion was renamed, and each country uh, presented one Sami artists. There were three Sami mm-hmm. artists in the pavilion. So I thought that that was, you know, that was really, really interesting. Um, yeah. um, it was like, re- it was, yeah, it was very, it was very powerful. I think it's really the word I'm looking for. There's there's a couple of questions. I know that you do have to go, but there are a couple of questions that I'd like to mm-hmm. just run through if I may. Um, the one is, you, you, you talk about um, these pavilions, but we know, for example, historically, Ai Weiwei, who was the Chinese, or he's considered to be a Chinese dissident, would exhibit and did exhibit, but not in the Chinese pavilion, very much in his own capacity. That that's yes. that is is that usual or unusual? Um. So so look, there's obviously there's there's diff, you know I think there's also what I was mentioning there's the offsite mm. exhibitions, you know, and um and because there's such a focus on Venice and the Biennale, a lot of artists will use this because it is a very powerful platform, you know, where you can reach, of course, a lot of people. Yeah. And um, 
And so, so for example, this year, and uh, one of the one of the retrospective was um, very big retrospective at the Palazzo Grassi was of Marlene Dumas' work, Ooh, and so, uh, so absolutely fascinating show, a really a proper retrospective starting from you know the beginning of her work all the way to today. Uh, and the, the, the Palazzo Grassi is a very big venue, and it was on all the different floors of it. So you know, so 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 this is. There's a lot of, of course, of things that happened at that point. So this year, quite interestingly, so, you know, in terms of uh, an artist, like a dissident artist, or, you know, seen as dissident, like Ai Weiwei. So this year, which was very interesting, is um, I actually took pictures of that. So, of course, there was a Russian pavilion with which was closed um, and with, uh, I think we called them Carabinieri, which is the, the Italian police, um, in front of it, so it was quite, you know, quite a sight with the dogs. Wow. Um, and I happened completely by chance to, um, it, there was, uh, um, sorry, there was uh, the, the um, oh, I'm, I'm just blanking. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but so, so, so this will happen. And, uh, and for example, another thing also, there was this year, and just, you know, in terms of of, uh, of uh, really powerful political um, um, talk, you know, the the Dutch pavilion. So the Dutch pavilion is inside the Giardini, which is you know the the, yes. the, the, the more traditional space. So this year, the Dutch have decided to found a venue off-site for their show, which I actually happened to miss and because I didn't found the venue. And um, they gave, and that was obviously the, you know, and I'm sure it happened to other people. So that was the risk they were taking is to, you know, to not be, uh, to not be seen. And they gave their beautiful pavilion to Estonia. So Estonia oh. was inside the Giardini this year and, you know, was, was showing there. So, 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 you know, so, just to come back, I really agree with you. It is not the Olympics. It's about something else. It is really more about, you know, capturing what is happening in the world right now. And of course, art is a window into the world, and 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 art is a way to also comment on what is ha- on what is happening in the world, and to also push, you know, and shift that narrative. And I yeah. think that this is really, you know, what the Biennale does does very well, and particularly this year. In closing, uh, you've mentioned it, so you don't have to go into it in depth. But Alexia, you you do talk about having goosebumps. And I think that it does talk to how countries are using the arts to to mm. think about really, really massive issues and issues of who we are as people in the world. You you, you talked about those goosebumps. Just very briefly, the, the experience of looking at this art and then just really taking it into yourself. Tell us about that. Um. Look, I think this this year for me, really, the Biennale, I was getting goosebumps. You know, I was getting goosebumps, and I just thought, like, you know, I think if this is now what we're seeing in an exhibition of that magnitude, if we are seeing, you know, mainly women, I mean, a, a great majority of women artists, many artists of color, um, indigenous, you know, artists from indigenous communities, and also, and I've also, you know, I haven't touched on this, but also there was, you know, pavilions who presented third gender uh, artists, and I just felt like we're living, you know, the place is, uh, the world is a better place to, to live in. Wow, so, that's yeah. quite a thought. <laughs>
Alexia Walker, thank you so much. I know you have a sick child that you need to go to, so please do uh, tell him that I hope he gets so much better so much sooner as well. Thank you for making oh, thank the you time. Very much. Alexia thank Walker, she's an art curator and consultant, talking about the 59th uh, Venice Biennale, which sees diverse artists and countries, country pavilions as well, uh, participating and taking part in the event. And as I mentioned up front on this hour, we're using this hour really to join the dots, to look at what the value ecosystem of something like the Venice Biennale is, not just for the artists, but also for us to then start to expand ideas about who we are. As Alexia says, uh, many, many artists, close on 80% in the curated exhibition, which was curated by Cecilia Lehmann, and also demonstrating the power of the curator to drive the thematic uh, experience of something like the Venice Biennale, but also to hear from Alexia the diverse narratives that came out, the diverse stories that came out of the Biennale. And I think I wish we all had the opportunity to go and see something like that. If we could get an online vision, it will be absolutely incredible. Would love to know more about that.